and they look at Raffi and they look at Meredith. I don't understand. Find a nice little cafe, revealing a masked tabaxi head. Why is it always you? And a pinprick of light appears in their hand and it shoots down the street towards you. 20 foot radius sphere of fire appears <gasps> centered on your table and they are briefly surrounded by silvery mist and they disappear. The cafe is now surrounded by city guard. I am Justica Frank and I am in charge of this response unit. I would like the three of you to come with me for questioning, please. And now we continue. He looks at the three of you. I am Justicar Frank, Arcane Investigator, and I am in charge of this response unit. I would like the three of you to come with me for questioning, please. Can I can I just turn and say, can we get patched up first, please? Because I'm not feeling too crash course, hot after whatever just happened. Please come with me. And you'll walk outside and you'll see that the guards have dispersed among the street. The the regular city watch are doing like perimeter work, keeping people back, keeping the crowds at bay, while there are these people in these just a car robes walking around. Um, Can I like with... see Gregory anywhere? No, you can't see Gregory. They're walking around with these crystals and they are like pointing them in various directions, getting various kind of flashes out of the crystals. Uh, and it looks like a team of Justicars, some city guard, and a number of these iron golems have run down the street towards where that tabaxi vanished from. There is a, a makeshift medic station that has been propped up in this intersection with clerics casting cure wound spells and healing word spells, getting everyone back up. Justicar Frank will take you over there. Awesome. Uh, I need priority healing. These three, they have information for me. A cleric will stop what she's doing, turns around. Harold, it's your sister. Hmm. Well, this is awkward. She, for a moment, doesn't quite register. It's you. Uh, and then she takes the, the three steps between you and her and just hugs you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she stops, steps back, and casts healing word on you. Hi, Martha. Hi. Yeah. You're getting back six points of health. Great. She will she will cast healing word on Potentia as well. You'll get back eight hit point. And Meredith will get back eight as well. Sweet. Thanks, Martha. She's looking a little frazzled. There is a collection of clerics out here on the, the streets from all different kinds of religious groups. Um, you can see some of them are wearing like the badge of the city guard, but most of them just are wearing clerics' clothing. Can I just turn to her and say thank you and... I'm sure all will be explained at a family dinner or something. Just eyeballing Harold. Being like, I'm sure you'll get an explanation for this. Not now. We have to go. She looks at Harold. What have you gotten yourself into this time? Um, well, I, I'm not entirely sure, I'm afraid, but um, there are some very zealous people in the city, apparently. I'm okay, Martha, though. Um, thanks for that. I, I, I'm feeling much better now. Um, luckily, I was able to dodge the worst of it somehow uh uncharacteristically <laughs> yeah uh, she she does not take your laughter to, to to heart she looks genuinely concerned can meredith roll her eyes behind harold <laughs> okay well i want to hear from you once this is over okay yes but perhaps again i i must ask you maybe mother doesn't find out about this i don't want her to worry i think mother will worry regardless of if she hears or not but okay I won't tell her. All right. Well, thanks again. We uh, we have to follow this fellow over here and answer his questions, I think. Uh, he's standing off to the side, arms crossed, kind of just like watching and observing what's going on. Three of you all healed up, looking good now. Mm -hmm. He looks, Meredith nods. Lead on. He pulls out a metal rod that looks uh, made of some kind of bronze material, perhaps. 
um, with a, a gem on the end of it. Please place your hands on that gem for me. Just one hand is fine. Yeah, and I'll Harold will reach out and... Can you tell us what this is, please? Meredith asks, like looking curiously at him. Just a simple teleportation spell. Ah, all right then. <laughs> Potential was going to ask the same thing, so is kind of like not happy about it, but yeah. Okay, there'll be a, a flash and the three of you find yourself in a room without any windows in front of a metal table. The Justicar isn't in the room, just the three of you. There's a door that leads out to a busy hallway. The three of you are just by yourself at the moment. Can I try the door? It is locked. Uh, of course it is. You can hear people like rushing about outside. It sounds busy. Is it just, is it like a solid door? What's the door look like? It's a solid iron door. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walls appear to be very well worked stone. Mm-hmm. Um, there doesn't appear to be any cracks. Do we have all of our gear with us? You do. Okay, cool. I suppose we're waiting here for a while. Looks like it. Uh, a moment passes and the door opens and it's that just a car. Tenjai will have moved herself to stand in like the corner as far away from the door as she can just from a like self-protecting walls thing. Uh, the just a car will appear at the door. He is carrying a jug of water with some cups. There's a what looks like a junior officer behind him holding a chair. Please have a seat. And you'll bring and a couple more chairs will come in and then you'll have three chairs on one side of the table, one chair on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, that jug of water goes into the middle. Nope. Tentra's not sitting down yet. She's just, she's too nervy to sit right now. She's sort of standing to just kind of like, not shake it out, but like, you're welcome to leave a space that she would logically then sit in. That's fine. Um, but she's not sitting down yet. She's still kind of just processing. All right. The, Meredith like, is just going to go over and, and like stand next to her, but not too close and not touching her either. Just like to be there. Harold, do you sit down? Yeah. Yeah. In the three seats, three seats. Um, where do you sit? Um, I'll sit on the far left. Okay. So that hang on. we haven't established which corner of the room potential is in. Are as far sitting... away from the door as I can get. Okay. They both cor- both back corners of the room are equidistant from the door. Uh, Harold, are you close to where Potentia and Meredith are sitting, or on the, are you on the other side leading those two seats for them to sit when they feel comfortable? Yes, so I'll sit furthest away from Meredith and Potentia, kind of leaving those okay. seats free. Okay. Um, the Justicar will sit down on the seat on his side. That junior officer um, will be just kind of standing next to the door. Mm-hmm. Meredith is standing, like, leaning against the wall with her arms folded as well, just, like, watching what's going to happen. Um, Justica pours glasses of water for each of you. He takes on himself and has a, has a sip. My apologies for the conditions you're being treated under currently. Um, my name is Bernard Frank. I am a Justica with Feromastis. I am part of the Arcane Division. I am an investigator, but I am also a first responder. You have just been involved in a magical attack from someone yet to be identified. You appeared to be better off than other people in that establishment. And from some of the eyewitness statements we have taken, appeared to be engaged in a one-sided battle with whoever is responsible for this attack, which is why you've been brought in here. Mm -hmm. I would just like to get a statement from each of you now. It can be a combined statement, if we'd prefer, about what's happened. Because so this doesn't. This kind of thing doesn't happen. Veramastis is, for the most part, a peaceful city. We have some crime occasionally, but this kind of magical attack in broad daylight in a cafe full of people is not something we are used to here. It's not something we're used to either. <laughs> Let me reassure you, whoever is responsible for this will be brought to justice. I don't think this is something that, when it happens anywhere, is expected. Please, he gestures to Potentia and Meredith. Have a seat. Potentia's not ready to sit down yet, but like she's 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 not stopping Meredith from sitting down. She's just like she. You can see her just like flexing muscles and trying to get the adrenaline from the fight out of her system, but because she's not allowed to walk it off, basically. Meredith just kind of glances up and then looks back at the Justica and goes, "Not yet." It's not because I don't want to sit down. I just can't. I understand. He turns to the junior officer. Can you fetch them some pastries? I think there are some donuts outside in the... Yeah, grab some of them. Meredith, like, has a visible sort of relief on her face. (laughs) 
the junior officer will, will step outside. Um, there doesn't appear to be a lock on the door, but he can walk, like, the door will open when he touches it. So Harold will turn to um, the just a car and say, um, my brother isn't here, is he? You may know him, uh, Gregory? Gregory Wentworth. Correct. Mm, so my memory serves me. That would make you Harold. Yes, yes. I see. Well, why don't we do start with that then? Can I get your names? Is that something we can start with? Yes, of course. Um, my name's Meredith Meadowlark. I'm a postgrad student at Firamustus. He takes out a quill and starts writing this down. Okay. Uh, and you, Miss? Uh, Potentia, also a student at Firamustus in the Conjuration Department. Okay, Potentia. Do you have a last name? Y- yes, but it, it's not what I go by, so it won't be of use to you. That's all I go by is my first name, so... Okay, and he'll... You don't see what he's doing, but you get the impression he, like, underlines your name. Okay, that junior officer comes back with a plate of uh, a little stale donuts. They've been sitting out, but they are still sweet and delicious. Oh, yeah. Meredith um, takes, like, some napkins and puts two in, like, one in each hand and then takes them over and, like, just holds it mm-hmm. where, where Potentia can reach it if she wants it and, like, starts eating the other one. Potentia will take it, but just probably just hold it. Now, let me let me reassure the three of you that you are not under arrest. Oh, we know. Not at this point. You are just people of interest in... Yes, what absolutely. Will become an investigation. Oh, so we know. We're just... It, uh, it was a lot. That's all. Just give us a second, please. Is Gregory around? I think we'd feel a little better if he were here. I can send for him. He's not currently in this building. Sure. He's with the Irregulars, if you didn't already know. No, I, I, I did, of course. It's just, um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure some nerves would be settled, as it were. It may make things a little easier. It's just not every us. day you're attacked in broad daylight for seemingly no reason. He turns back to the junior officer. Send for a regular Wentworth, please. And after hearing that, Harold will sort of sit back a little in his chair and say, well, why don't we start with, with me? I think I can help answer your questions. Mm, okay, so from our uh, brief investigation so far, we've determined that it was a fireball spell, most likely, the candidate, from an individual that was described as a tabaxi wearing a mask. Do you have any... You you chased after him from what we've been able to determine. Did you get a better view of them? Um, well, he, he has grey fur. I know that much. And so far as we're aware, um, he goes under the name Dusk of Chalk. Okay. Uh, he writes that down. Great tabaxi, Dusk of Chalk, thank you. Uh, do you know why this tabaxi would attack you? Um, well, yes, I do, unfortunately. He, um, I think we have something that he desired. Um, we actually, uh, recently signed up with the Adventurers Guild, and we were tasked with delivering this item from the university, and I, I think this Dust of Chalk wanted that item quite badly, it seems. Uh, he, like, sits back in his chair a bit more, pushes his spectacles up a little bit. You're an adventurer. That's right. He points to Harold. I don't mind the occasional adventure. Um, I'm really, this was Sorry, my first, me, uh, you know. You are with an adventurer's guild. You are a member. As of today, yes. I am as with well. With that, he like closes his eyes. Is anyone else here part of an adventurer's guild? Me. Okay. This is starting to make a little bit more sense for me. Can I just pipe up with I'm not? Okay. He like, he looks at that. He looks at you, nods. Thank you. You make a note. Do either of you two have your adventurer seal with you? Yes. Meredith reaches in and pulls out her monostitch seal and hands it to him. pull out uh, a little pad and you pour a little bit of ink onto the pad. Can I please get your seal stamp on this page for me, please? Absolutely. And Harold will do the same. Thank you. Put the pad back in his pocket. Okay. I don't know for sure if you were the target of this attack, but two adventurers and their friend in a cafe get attacked by uh, a grey-furred tabaxi wearing a mask. Our other friend was hit with the fireball and went down. He's not here. Friends, uh, you get a very distinct, like, in, like impression that Potentia is just like, there was a fourth person at our table, guys. Like, it's not just the three of us. This is not okay. <laughs> Who, what, what's their name? Rafi. Okay. Do you have a last name for Rafi? She just shakes her head. She probably does, okay. but like in this moment she doesn't. Turns back to the junior officer. Can you please uh, check 
to see if we have a Rafi, uh, no last name known, um, who was turned up at the um, medical area. Thank you. He turns back. We'll we'll find him. Um, we'll get a statement from him as well. So, this is someone you've in, this Tabaxi is someone that you have encountered before. You were saying, Harold? Well, yes. Unfortunately, we ran into him at the university uh, in the library. He was. I don't know, actually. It looks like trying to steal some information or other. They had a lot of books and they... I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure you could check with the university, but they they had accosted a, a couple of members of faculty and students there. Okay. Okay. Hmm. One of the students is in the cadet program or trying to get into the cadet program for the City Watch. What is their name? Michael. What is their last name? She shakes her head. This is not information that she retains about people because she only goes by her first name, so she doesn't retain people's last names. Can Meredith, like, pipe up here and, like, she's finished the donut and she's, like, licking it off her hands and she's like, I feel like we're getting off the point here. We were doing a job for our adventurer guild, our adventurer's guild. You can check the paperwork. Mm -hmm. We took that job. Mm -hmm. We were following up on the leads. We delivered the item to the place that we were told to deliver it to, and then we walked away, and then we were attacked. And yes, we have come across this tabaxi before, but this person attacked us in broad daylight, regardless, you know, disregarding all the people around us, and could have killed people, has potentially killed people. This is not okay. They're very zealous, it seems. I agree. We did nothing to provoke this. I, I am, as again, you are not under arrest. This is just, I am questioning you as part of the investigation so that we can bring this individual to justice. Okay. That junior officer will come back and he'll hand him a piece of parchment and he and um, Jessica Frank will look over the parchment. Just one moment, please. And you see his, like, his brow start to furrow and he, like, looks concerned. Hmm. It appears that our initial scrying efforts on this individual have failed and our ability to look brief moments back in time at the event in question, this individual does not show up. That's unusual. I mean, they had this... um... Um, yes, unfortunately, we've never seen their face, although one of the, um, you know, adventuring appreciation members, uh, Raymond, apparently has seen their face. Um, uh, they were at the down. Adventurers Guild selling some, you know, artifact that actually caused us a little bit of trouble a few nights ago. Um, but I don't know, perhaps that mask has some kind of magical property that shields them. Uh, I'm not mm. sure. This is beginning to become a more interesting case than I originally thought. Uh, that junior officer will come back and he's got a little what you would recognize as a raven note slip. He takes it and he unrolls it and looks at it. And he kind of, he, he, you see him like read it a couple times. All right, team, big announcement time. We now have merchandise. We have merch. It's great. We spent a bunch of time deciding on what we wanted, but we have finally released it. If you head over to dndoctorates.threadless.com, that's dndoctorates.threadless.com, you can get yourself DN Doctorates or Firamustus University branded merch, everything from mugs and stickers and notebooks to hoodies and T-shirts and things of the like. We have other designs in the works at the moment, but for now, if you want to head over there, check it out. All money that we raise through the selling of this merch goes to making sure that we can continue to publish the podcast. It pays for hosting fees and things like that. So we're really excited and we hope you are too. Hmm. He looks at the three of you. This, I have just received this note, but it's not addressed to me. It's addressed to the three of you. With your permission, I would like to read this to you. Yes, please do. It says to Justica Frank, please read this for Harold, Potentia, and Meredith. It says, imagine the smell of a log fire, imagine the sound of a piano, imagine the taste of a black pepper. What? And he freezes and the world goes quiet. And that junior officer, like everything freezes. Uh... Except the three of you. Okay... Um, and in the distance, you hear the slight sound of piano music playing. And there's this whiff of log 
burning smoke in the air. Mm-hmm. And the world has gone completely silent, but you hear footsteps coming down the hallway. Okay, can Meredith move forward and, like, grab the raven note and yeah. then have a look at it, it like, and read? You, like, it slips from his fingers and he doesn't, yeah. move, he doesn't react. What else is on the note? That's all it says. That's all it says? Okay. Potentia is 100% back in, like, battle mode. Like, mm-hmm. the world has shifted and she, she's in full, like, anxiety, stress. So, so Harold, Harold will stand up from his chair and put his back to the, like, if you imagine the open door, like one of the walls, and he'll gesture to Potentia or Meredith because they're together to, to do the same on the opposite side. Yeah, I do. I mean, I my follow. back's in the corner. I am. Um... Whoever is walking towards this room, because they are walking towards this room, is walking, you can hear now they're walking with a cane. Mm-hmm. That, that footstep, footstep, click, click, footstep, footstep, click, click, footstep, footstep, click, click. And then I stop footstep, footstep, click outside the door. And there's a tap on that door and it swings open with force. And standing in the doorway is a, a man who could be a half-elf based on some of their features, wearing a dark red suit with a top hat. And the hair that is very neatly cut but slipping underneath from the top hat actually appears to be orange and red leaves uh-huh. not hair and they not so much walk as saunter into the room placing that uh walking stick and like leaning on it in a quite dramatic pose hello hello my three academic adventurers uh, um hi can I uh, insight check this as to whether that this person is the person named in a do- in a conversation that I had earlier with Bonin? You can do an insight check. I'm sorry. Do we know each other? You might not know me, but I know you. Thirteen. Yes, Potentia. That is a, a connection you can make. And he'll like uh, throw the walking stick to the other hand and then pose in the other opposite direction. Mister Red, I assume. That. Is the name I'm going by, but it's starting to hang on me like an old coat. I should really change it at some point. Makes it very easy when you dress the way you do. Oh, but style, my dear, is so important. And he stands now with the cane in front of him. I assume you're responsible for this little trick. Oh, you insult me. Trick, please. With a smile on his face. It's no mere trick to pause time. Well, forgive me for not being more impressed, but it's been a rather difficult day, as I'm sure you've already gathered. Yes, yes, I, I'm sure it has for the three of you. Now, I am here as a representative of sorts. My employer, he, he is, well, they are sorry that you have gone through such a, a rough day. The person responsible for the situation you find yourself in now, they're being placed on a sort of administrative leave after a psychological break. Uh-huh. You won't have to worry about them. And it is I am here, and he swings out wide with the stick and bows to offer a formal apology. Mm-hmm. I mean, forgive me if I don't find this very reassuring. I forgive you. And he smiles. Well, I don't. Um, exactly who is your employer? That is a difficult question. He doesn't say anymore. He just, like, looks around. Is it, is it a question you wouldn't mind answering? It is a question I would mind answering. What do the Shroud want with us? Ah, see, someone who knows things. He points the end of his cane at you. I appreciate people who know things. They don't want anything to do with you. If anything, you've just gotten in the way, perhaps accidentally, just a few too many times. And really, I'm here to just extend, and he spins that cane, clicks it on the ground, an olive branch, peace. We don't want anything to do with you. Just step aside. Stop getting in the way. That's all easy to say, but let's kind of go through the situations that we've been in. And Meredith starts like ticking them off on her hand. So you kidnapped our librarian and a few of our friends. So naturally we went looking for them, not realizing who had kidnapped them. Uh, we then went on a an academic excursion to study the sky and were attacked. Again, didn't expect that and didn't expect to get in your way, didn't even know who was going after us. And then we were doing a job for our respective guilds and we got in the way again. 
Um, it would kind of be helpful to know what we're getting in the way of so we cannot get in the way. And don't forget poor Raymond got skewered by that unexpected apparition too. That's correct. Yep. So it seems to me that you aren't trying to get in the way. Things just happen and you happen to be there. You keep going after our friends. If you stopped doing that, maybe we could stop going he, after he you. hand on his chest, he says, I do no such thing. She's not saying you specifically. She's saying you, the collective you, as in the shroud. You, a person who appreciates smart people who know things, would know that. You are who you represent after all. Mm -hmm. You can't separate yourself from the actions of others if you claim to represent them. Uh, Potentia stiffens at that because of reasons. I would disagree, sir. You can separate yourself from the people that you represent. Ask any good lawyer. <sighs> Meredith just kind of like puts her head in her hands and just says, oh my goodness, enough mind games. We nearly died today. Could you just be straight with us, please? He like leans down close as far as he can on his staff while maintaining his feet on the ground. I really can't. Well, what is the point? It's in my nature, you see, spinning the cane, placing it up on your shoulder. Oh my goodness. Okay, these two will attest to the fact that normally I really like people, but you, sir, are freaking annoying. Spins the cane, places it in front of him. That is, again, in my nature. Ah, I'm done. Harold, Potentia. Okay, real talk now, Mr. Red. Um, You say you want us to step aside. I'm not especially keen on taking a fireball to the face. Uh, what exactly is it that you want? I don't want anything from the three of you. In fact, all I want is to deliver this message, which I have done, that my employer is, well, they are sorry that things have happened this way. And they are sorry that the three of you have become involved and they wish you not to be involved any further. And the person that you have had grievances with should no longer be a problem for you. And what about the next one who comes along? Hmm? What about them? I can't speak to that. Oh my goodness. I only know what's happening now. Could you? Meredith. Uh, <laughs> Potentia puts her hand on Meredith's shoulder because she can. Um, you said the one from today. What about the one that attacked us at the top of the mountain? Oh, that thing. That's highly, that's highly unfair to call it a thing. Call a stick a stick, a golem a golem. It's a tool, I suppose, and that shouldn't be used in such a blazing way. I believe... It's currently being repaired, so you won't have to worry about it for some time. Forgive me, but I'm a little concerned about an organisation that would drive one of its members so rabid that they would consider fireballing a cafe in broad daylight. Doesn't say great things about what you're trying to do, does it? Can Meredith just, like, look at Harold and go, Thank you! Yes! Well, it is... That's one point of view. Another point of view is that the three of you drove them to that level of frustration. Okay, and now we're being gaslit by a dude who is in a costume. I don't, I am so done with this. And she like turns around and like. He like looks at himself and his, and his clothes. Costume. I mean, I guess you could argue that everybody's wearing a costume, but I, uh, that's beside the point. It is a little ostentatious for broad daylight, to be fair. I'm not one to judge someone's appearance. I can be a little flamboyant myself at times. It's, you know, that's okay. But, uh, you know, the the people you represent, quite honestly, I find them offensive. You know, the, the idea that knowledge should not be shared is, is, is one that I cannot stand behind. And quite frankly, I, I oppose your goals. So I, I, I feel like we're at a bit of a standoff here because I don't wish to get involved in people uh, getting injured. But you're still not exactly clear what you mean by get out of the way. I mean, we were trying to deliver an item today, and before we knew it, we were being chased by a fellow in a mask. I can see how that would be confusing. What would you have us do to get out of the way? Hmm. Well, I would say whatever course of action that led you to where you are now, not repeating those kinds of actions. So not caring about our friends and not going... To to do anything that would further our typical aims of inquiry and knowledge acquisition as we do as university students. That is what you are asking us to give up. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And well, what are you saying? Your actions speak rather louder than your words, I'm afraid. I mean, that's literally all we were trying to do atop that mountain before we got accosted by that uh, metallic thug of yours. 
tell your employer until they can come back with a very clear set of instructions on what it is that you want us to do. We're just going to keep being us. I can take them that message. Thank you. I don't think they will appreciate it, but I will take them that message. Harold and Potentia, would you agree? I would, but I would like to add one extra thing to that message. Assuming that you have um, connections with people, let's say internationally, Mm. that there are cities in this world that ought to be left alone. I agree. I'll take them your message. He spins on his heel, steps out through that door, and it slams shut. And as if nothing had had happened, time resumes. The smell is gone. The music is gone. Well, Harold is not where he was a second ago. There's an aftertaste (laughs) in all three of your mouths of pepper. Mm -hmm. Now, I was saying, what just happened? Chronomancy. Mm -hmm. He, like, push his chair back and stand up. What just happened? Looks at the three of you. You said you're part of the arcane recovery, uh, the arcane unit. You know what chronomancy is. I do. You read something out. It was chronomancy. Where did it go? Where did that piece of paper go? Meredith has it. Oh, yeah, I do too. Here it is. He will take that back out of your hand. The three of you are people of interest. You're not under arrest. (laughs) Do not leave the city. I can't promise that because we're university students. Occasionally we have to do field work. We can't promise we won't leave the city, but we will promise that we will return. Until my investigation is complete, I am requesting you not to leave the city. We'll do what we can, Justica. Thanks. Um, You're free to go. He'll put his hand on the door, which will slide open, swing open. He gestures you to walk out the hallway. Can Meredith just, like, pause and say, where can we reach you if we need you? I'm usually here in the head office. Brilliant. Thank you for your help. Um, So you will make your way through, escorted by that junior officer... Uh, through the chief offices of the Justicars located in the King's Quarter. Um, before we actually leave, can I uh, cast Detect Magic so that as I'm walking out, I can see if there's anything other than the strong essence that is the chronomantic magic that we just saw, so I can see if there's any trace of where Mr. Red appeared from or disappeared from, please? There's a lot of magic in this building. Um, every Justicars carrying stuff. Yes, but I can detect the type, and therefore, if because he casts because he used the chronomantic magic, I should be able to detect where he is mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so I'm actually for this. I'm going to get you to roll a perception because there is something in hindering your ability to do so. Perception, you say. Twenty-one. Uh, the twenty-one, you can see just like the faintest tinges of that magic in the uh, in the air, but it's not localized anywhere. It's kind of dissipating. Okay. Um, whatever the magic that was, it was powerful but subtle mm-hmm. and hard to trace. I'm not necessarily looking to trace it. I'm looking to try to work out like where in the building it was because obviously like it'll dissipate, which is mm-hmm. fine. But like front doors versus halfway into the building versus I'm not trying to okay. like necessarily follow it. It's more like mm-hmm. areas what, that it was in. Uh, it seems like the floor you're like the the entire floor you're on um was a subject to that spell and as you get like led down the stairs you don't detect that magic anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, and you find yourself outside the chief offices of the justicars um which is just a block away from the the main square in ferromastus okay meredith has somehow managed to pinch another donut without you guys noticing and is um kind of taking a bite and she looks at the other two and goes come on guys Let's go home. Well, I'd like to make sure Rafi's okay. I I don't know if he would have slipped away or... I'm going to see him on Thursday. He was awake right. when, I, when we left him. Okay, well, I mean, He that's was in good. good hands. Yes, that's true. My sister, sister was there. I'm sure yeah. she wouldn't let anything happen to anybody there. Exactly. Do you need to talk to your sister, Harold? Um, she knows I'm okay. I, I don't think tonight is the time... Hey there listeners, it's Ben, your friendly Dungeons & Doctorates DM here, reminding you to follow us at DN Doctorates on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and to use the hashtag DN Doctorates when you talk about the show. I'm midway through writing the next arc for the show, and I'm looking for NPC names. If you recommend the show on social media and tag us, you might hear an NPC named after you in a future episode. I have a personal message to read out on the show. This one is being read out by Bonin the Librarian, so I'm going to pass it across to him and he can read out the message. 
Thank you, Ben, for the introduction. This is a message from Karen in central New York for Daniel, the twin age GM. Karen says, Your dad and I love your imagination. I am so glad we listened to the show together, and I can't wait to hear the stories you and your friends will create in D&D Club. And uh, I, Bonan the Librarian, would like to say welcome to the GM Club, and I hope you have as much fun GMing as you do listening to the show. Thank you very much, Bonan, and I would also like to extend uh, the GM hand from one season GM to a new one. Welcome to the club. Uh, I hope you have a great time sharing stories with your friends and building worlds together. If you would like a message read out on the show by myself or Kate or Ross or Joe or a character on the show, you can do so by filling out the form on our link tree or via our website dndoctorates.com the next episode of the show is the start of a new arc which will be coming out on the 11th of february i hope you look forward to that it's going to be a fun one i won't keep you any longer let's get back to this episode right now From down the street, Harold, Mm -hmm. you hear your brother Gregory call out to you. He's uh, running down the street towards you in his gear. Uh, He is being accompanied by someone you don't recognize. Interesting. Mm. Um, I'll just shout out, no need to rush, Gregory. We're we're okay. (sighs) I mean, you've looked worse. (laughs) Of course. Martha helps. Martha? Ah, that makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, she was deployed at the the crime scene, as it were. I've heard. Um, Meredith, it's good to see you. Hey, Gregory. And he looks at Potentia. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if we were... We were intru- never formally introduced. No, I don't Harold believe... decided not to that evening. Uh, I'm sorry, Gregory. Uh, this is Potentia. She's uh, mm. a friend from university. He, like, nods. Well, I'm glad that you're the three of you are okay. Yes, we we uh, we unfortunately uh, we were just running a simple errand for the Adventurers Guild, you know, just like a delivery type job. And this Tabaxi apparently wanted what we had, and uh, but we'd already delivered it. Oh, yes, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm well, exhausted. Um, I'm sorry. This is um, Officer Springer. They're an irregular that I look after. I, I mean, um, not look after, and Springer, who appears to be an elf, uh, a wood elf, looks at your brother, crosses his arms. Look after. Meredith just kind of gives him a tired wave and goes, hey, and then keeps eating her donut. <laughs> Harold, did you say you're a member of Adventurer's Guild now? Yes, I signed up today. This was my first mission. It didn't go too well. I don't know what Faustus would think, but, you know. I, I mean, uh, first mission, get attacked, end up... Arrested by the Justicars. Not the not best arrested. Winners. Well, not arrested. It was a great story, at least. Questioned by the Justicars. Uh, my shift finishes soon. If you wanted to get dinner, you can fill me in. Yes, I mean, I, I think it might be helpful. I mean, there there are certainly some people operating in the city who clearly are, are not afraid to go to extreme measures to get what they want. Meredith like laughs around her donut almost hysterically. Can I? This is going to be weird, and I'm sorry. Can I uh, turn to Springer and just in Elvish because I can? Uh, I just want to say that the event might well have been caused by the people who attacked the Elven homeland. So in Elvish, Springer, I will look at you look and look surprised. That is most concerning. It's a good thing the Justicars are after them, I suppose. I suppose. She just says, I suppose, in common. Gregory will, like, look between the two of you, look at Harold. So I I get off in, like, an hour or two dinner later tonight. He, he gestures to Potentia and, and Meredith that the, you can come as well, of course. Fill me in. Guard reports are a little dry. It's good to get a first-hand account of things. Well, we can head up to Ale Grove. Ale Grove, yes. That seemed like the perfect place. Have you been to this place called Dead Fred's? 
Yes, I have. Um, I had an awful goblin beer there. Um, I was... Why? Why would you have goblin beer? Oh, I had an excellent wine. It was lovely. Some some university, uh, you know, like, uh, thing. It, it's okay. I, sure. I needed to butter up some goblin for some information. and. I'm sorry, brother, but we have not talked in far too long, it seems. <laughs> yes, apparently so. Uh, okay, well, I'll meet you there after sunset, and we'll we'll have a meal and not not a goblin ale. Let me teach you some some real ales. So let's let's move into epilogue. Uh, Harold, what are you what are you doing this evening? So Meredith, I think, has been pushed to her limit today. Um, you've very rarely seen her lose it like that, if ever. Like that's possibly the first time. Um, also, side note, in my notes, I've written down um, Mr. Red, uh, some information about him, and then also I slash Meredith hates that guy. <laughs> so, uh, insight there. Um, yeah. So she kind of thinks, no, I need a night in. I need to go and rest, and I need to go and sit in front of a fire and have drink some tea and maybe write some things down and just do something else because I need some mental space. And uh, I just need to go and withdraw and, like, recharge. Having not seen Meredith blow up like that ever, um, I would probably walk her back to her accommodation to make sure that... More because, like, you've just exploded and (laughs) somehow I ended up being the level-headed one in this. Well, if you think uh, about it, like, she's just been attacked. She's seen a whole bunch of people get hurt because of her well she kind of thinks of it it's because of her yeah um because she got attacked um you saw how she kind of sprang into action that says a little bit about some things um and Mm. then she got antagonized by a dude who was deliberately obtuse like (laughs) so what i was what i was gonna say is i would i would probably walk her back and just like on the way Mm. be like hey are you good because that was a lot and you don't seem good Oh, it was, it was a lot, Potentia. I mean, we got attacked. I've never, Mm -hmm. I've been a member of an adventurer's guild for a long time now, and we got into all sorts of trouble. You're not in Comdwell Grove anymore. No, we're not in Comdwell Grove anymore. That was a lot. And those people got hurt because of us. No, those people got hurt because of the tabaxi. Yeah, I suppose you're right. That's not our fault. We... Like, no, you're right. It's not. It's not our fault. We got attacked. We can't control the actions of other people. Exactly. We can control what we do afterwards. She exactly. like takes a deep breath and goes, yes, okay. It's not our fault. Sounds like you need a night in oh, and I really some rest. Do. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, go talk to your friend, you know, the one from the door oh, at Louise, the bar yeah. party. I think having a night in with yeah, her would be just lovely. go play your viol or something hmm. and... Write a song about the, the, the things, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll be It'll definitely fine. make me feel um, better. How, and she kind of shakes her head and then looks at Potentia and goes, are you doing okay? No, but am I ever? You're very welcome to come and spend some time with us and have a quiet night at Griffin Hall. No, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to take, and she pats her bag, um, the hand home and stow it somewhere for safekeeping because I don't know that it should be anywhere Meredith just kind of right looks now. at her and something like sparkles in her eyes and she's like we say get to say weird sentences don't we I mean I'm just gonna go take the hand home <laughs> she starts like laughing hysterically <laughs> I'm just gonna take the hand home and put it there on the shelf there's, there's your lines <laughs> for your song Meredith gonna take the hand home and put it on a shelf <laughs> oh, maybe put some books on it <laughs> Have it hold some flowers. <laughs> I think your your image of my my home is a little different to its reality, but but yes, something oh, like that. That's amazing. Um, but you you go continue this laughter with some <laughs> fun and oh. decompress. I will decompress my own way. She um she like she knows potential doesn't like hugs, so she just like reaches up and touches her arm and like gives it a, a comforting sort of squeeze and goes, "You take care of yourself." And then, always. like, pats her arm always and walks have, into always Griffin will. Hall. Uh, Meredith has a pleasant night at home, which is only briefly interrupted when a turkey get, goes missing from the kitchen <laughs> and the, the chef uh, apparently had a really bad spill. Oh, I love it! <laughs> Potentially, yeah, probably just... She probably goes home and, like, 
you know, is she's starting a bit of a collection of stuff from these adventures, which I feel like is all just going in a box, because like in a chest that's locked up tight and stuff. Um, and she probably takes a minute to like sit and read and like make no- like read over the notes she took from her meeting with Bonin and make some additional notes in like a different colored ink about their interactions at the police stage so that she's sort of got this record running of all of the interactions with um this organization um okay. with as many timestamps as she can and 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 all of all of that um and okay. what time like what time was it when we left the police station because obviously the, the sentiment was after sunset that the boys would go do drinks. So the sun was the sun was like an hour away from setting so it was pretty close to sunset yeah um, i mean so by this stage it's probably dark the sun will have to walk Meredith across the city yeah. to campus and then walk back to your apartment. The sun will have set. Okay. Um, yeah, she probably just stays in, um, sort of finishes bandaging up herself and cleaning off all mm. the muck and debris and mending anything she can that's been singed. Okay. Um, and yeah, making notes. And probably actually sends a raven or no, sends her familiar to Bonin to let him know what's happened because of conversations okay. and stuff okay um harold what do you do that afternoon evening so harold's obviously um got a bit of time before gregory gets off work so he'll probably head back to the adventurers guild to hand in his quest i guess having technically delivered the item hello there um how's it going doing well thank you and yourself how's your your mission going well um it ended up being a bit of a sticky one so i'm not really sure uh how you would consider the status of this mission. It's a bit of a long story, but I'd be happy to sort of explain it all if you like. Well, that may need to be explained. Um, were you able to, to finalize things with the the employers of the mission, the ones who set the actual goals? Yeah, so essentially um, we got to the chemistry department at the university and it turns out that the object that we were hired to uh, courier had in fact been stolen. So we ended up doing a bit of an investigation and we found the object actually. We tracked down the person who stole it and recovered it from them and we took the object over to the... Uh, it, it turned out they wanted it delivering to a, uh, a kindergarten, uh, you know, just outside of the city. She, she's nodding. Like, this is all, you know, unusual, but not so unusual for adventurers. Yeah, just for like the mission to change and that kind of thing. Uh, the interesting thing was, though, once we took the item to the kindergarten there, the person who received the item looked very confused as if they, in fact, um, you know, had not been expecting the item at all. I mean, the client asked us to take it to the the kindergarten there, to this person called Dust of Chalk. Um, And here's where it gets rather interesting. I think it turns out that the person who was Dust of Chalk had been watching us this whole time. And once we dropped off the piece, they actually uh, attacked us with a a fireball. Um, So I'm not really sure. And, And it turns out that the fellow who stole the item was also employed by this Dust of Chalk to steal the item. So Dust of Chalk not only, um, you know, enlisted the chemistry department to purchase the item, but had arranged for the, the the item to be stolen from the chemistry department. So, I mean, in a manner of words, we did deliver the item to the place the client wanted, but then I think the person who was supposed to receive it actually attacked us, and uh, we, we ended up having to talk to the city and get interrogated and all sorts of other weirdness, but, you know, I'm not really sure what this all means, to be honest, because we, 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 we delivered the item to where the client wanted, but the person who I think was supposed to receive it actually attacked us instead of, you know, taking the item. You know, they, they weren't at the kindergarten. Um, they were watching us instead for some reason. Uh, I am sorry that what I thought was going to be a fairly straightforward mission for your your first Adventurers Guild mission was actually quite complicated. Uh, dangerous part of being a hero and being an adventurer, so oh, being yes, of course. thing isn't so unusual. But the complication with the payment thing at the end that is that is weird. Yes, I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't know if this affects the status of the mission because like, we, it was sort of completed in that we took it to where the client told us to, but for some reason, the person who was supposed to receive it decided not to receive it and instead attack us. That is very odd. 
I I think I'll need to clear this up with the the people who commissioned the mission, um, just because they probably are expecting some kind of payment for the de- delivery of that goods, which, by the sound of things, you did not receive. I mean, no. I mean, the the person at the kindergarten was so confused. Um, you know, they didn't have an idea what was going on. So I'm not really sure why the you know why the client the chemistry department uh thought we would have to deliver it there unless they made a mistake but it doesn't sound like they did it just seemed like this dust of chalk fellow uh, you know likes to uh you know cover all their bases as it were i just want to clarify for a moment you say the name was dust of chalk i that sounds like a tabaxi name but i'm not familiar with that tabaxi in the city um, is that that is this the tabaxi that you were looking for? Yes, it is. Oddly, it's it's sort of strange that things lined up in this way. But yes, apparently this tabaxi had been at the guild here before, and they sold a very odd artifact to uh, this fellow I know called Raymond. Um, and it turned out that this artifact uh, contained this uh, like ghoulish knight that. Unfortunately, actually, speared Raymond with this like spectral thing. Uh, Meredith was able to heal him, as, as it would happen. But yes, it's all very odd how these things converged. Um, as you're explaining these things, a couple of people have like stopped what they were doing and just kind of like looking over and listening. That is unusual. Let me have a look in our records. There might be something in our our, our books here about a duster truck coming in and selling something. We, we usually keep good records for these kinds of things. If it was during a swap meet, though, those things are a little outside of the guild hall, so to speak. So there may not be a, a financial transaction. Maybe I can try and find something like a receipt or, or something. The Guildhall does like to take its cut for these sort of adventurers. Uh, oh, yes, of things. course. I mean, you know, I, I understand if you can't consider this mission complete. I just, I, you know, I, I wanted to tell you what went on, essentially, because, yes, I, I mean, it's, that. it's, it's um, rather strange, you know. I mean... Uh, obviously, I, I could uh, complete another task, and, and and I mean, although I think I probably proved myself at least with surviving a fireball, and you know, um, you know, we gave chase to this this fellow, and he used uh, Wait, some sorry, kind sorry, of teleportation just, magic. I, I think. Stop you for a moment there. Did you said fireball? Were you involved with that incident over in Newtown? Yes, that was what I was talking about, unfortunately. Um, We're lucky the cleric showed up quickly because a lot of people could have been hurt, I think. Well, I I will do what I can to try and find out about this dust of chalk for you in our records. And I will contact the uh, people who set the mission and find out what, what is going on there because I expect they were expecting some kind of payment which your reward would have come out of and yeah, sure. then the guild would have taken a percentage of that so i mean you're not the only one losing out here we are too yes of course no i mean it's it's very unfortunate um this whole thing but but i think um, first of all you need to sit down and let let me buy you a drink son because you've been through what i've understand to be a hell of a day yes indeed and i will yeah. proceed to uh tell the story to whoever wants to hear it there's a, a collection of people who like gather around to hear your story it's not every day that someone in the guild gets hit by a fireball in the middle of a street so after a few drinks at the three heroes guild uh ross makes his way over to dead fred's um, you've been there, this will be the second time now. Mm. Um, your brother is at the front waiting for you. He's wearing his his civilian clothes uh, and he's, he's happy to see you. Yeah. Ah, Gregory, there you are. Uh, nice to be in this place again. Do you know last time I was here, I drank this awful goblin beer because I was trying to butter up some Thieves Guild member for some information, if you can believe it. He looks at you with this level of concern and you can't quite tell if it's because of the first half of that sentence where you were drinking goblin beer or the yeah. second half of that <laughs> sentence where you were trying to get information out of a goblin thief. Yeah, I suppose as a lawman, he's not particularly fond of the Thieves Guild. Uh, no, and he's probably not fond of his brother interacting with a member of them. No. So he, he's, he kind of stumbles for a moment. Ah, uh, let me recommend you some better drinks, perhaps. Yes, that would be um, great. Um, you know, I could do with... Shall we? Uh, yes, I mean, I could do with a good beer. The, you you both 
wander inside to the dimly lit dead Fred's bar. Yeah. As always, Fred is behind the bar, tending to the needs of patrons, pulling drinks from behind the bar that seem to always match whatever the person is ordering. As you walk in, you see in the corner on a booth is your sister, Martha, waving at you. Ah, Martha, I didn't realize you were going to be here too. That's a nice surprise. Isn't this place amazing? I don't know how this dead Fred fellow does it, but he always seems to, you know, produce this, uh, like the, the exact drink that you want. Although I was just telling Gregory, last time I was here, I had to drink this awful goblin beer for, uh, uh, well, it's probably best not to get into it. Um, she she stands up as you've gotten to the table and watch, like looks at you as you have just been having a slight bit of verbal diarrhea as mm. it all just comes out and she just like looks at you waits for you to finish and then hugs you ah oh, martha i'm okay you know um i mean you know i was lucky to actually dodge the worst of it uh, i saw that fellow you know waving his hands around like you know magic people do um she lets you go and she she sits down across from you uh and your brother gregory i'll, I'll get us some drinks yes excellent um, and you just have a seat across the, the table from Martha as mm. Gregory navigates his way through the people to get the bartender's attention. Martha is just kind of looking at you mm-hmm. and you you can see she's like thinking her way through things. Mm. She's just kind of like playing with uh, some some bar nuts on the table. Yeah, I'll probably try and break the silence. Um, I suppose you had a little bit of a busy day, Martha, with um, everything that went on. Uh, she flicks one off the table onto the floor. I was really worried about you and your friends. It's not every day that an all call... Uh, no, sorry. It's not every day that an all healer call goes out. Yes, and I mean... I, I got there and it was pretty chaotic. I don't go to many of those. And when I saw you, I thought, well, I'm glad you're okay. I know. I, I mean, I'm not really sure how we got meddled up on all of this. There's just this figure who just keeps popping up, you know, like this, this fellow, I think, or at least these people he seems to work for, uh, orchestrated that weirdness in at the top of the mountain, which I don't think Martha knows about yet. No. <laughs> she, 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 like, looks at you. You know, we were literally just um, doing some research up at the, you know, the the wayward peak there. And, um, you know, these people just seem intent on stopping knowledge from being disseminated into the world. And who knows why, but somehow they keep finding us. Gregory comes back to the table with three glasses and a jug of ale. Sits him down on the table and he slides in next to you, shuffling you along the booth. Uh, I got just some, some nicer ale than that, whatever that goblin stuff you said was. Oh, great. I I really need something after the day. Although the, the, the adventurers people were quite enthusiastic about hearing the story. I, I feel like they think it was some kind of heroic act, but all I did was dive out of the way, to be honest, and then that, that tabaxi t- teleported somewhere. Uh, he, he was mid-poor when you mentioned the Adventurers Guild. Adventurers Guild? Ah, yes. Well, you know, I, I, I felt like maybe I should try and make a bit of an honest living. You know, can't mooch off father forever. And um, I, I joined the Adventurers Guild. I, I mean, I, I thought this was just going to be a simple courier task, to be honest, but Martha of course... interrupts. Gregory, did you know he was attacked on the Wayward Peak? The Wayward Peak? I didn't even know you were there. Well, I mean, I was there as part of some research with uh, Professor Kinla as we were there observing the stars, you know, part of my PhD. And yeah, his brother, or I think it was cousin, actually, um, you know, received some offer from some nefarious people. And, you know, they didn't want the research getting out, essentially. Martha and Gregory exchange a look. I think I think it's been too long since we have sat down for a meal. Martha chimes in. Maybe we should just catch up. Yes, I, I think honestly, I think that's what I need. I mean, you you know essentially the the you know the important details anyway. I, I don't really have much more information myself, so you know it'd be nice just to have a relaxing evening, to be honest. Meanwhile, in a distant library with dark wood shelves, a grey fur tabaxi is sitting at a table, head in their hands, mask in front of them, staring up at them from the table. That could have gone better. I don't think I like doing things your way. No, I mean, it could have... And he stops as a hand is placed on his shoulder with a dark red suit sleeve. 
you and I have to talk. 